Welcome to Words of Inspiration with Rev. James T. Brown, Jr., the lead pastor of Tabernacle of Worship. Let's join today's message in progress. Amen, amen. Well, family, I'm excited today because we're actually going to be culminating our teaching, our series of Time to Amplify. We're culminating our series, Time to Amplify, today, and I'm excited about the message today. I want you actually to open up your Bible to the book of Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 10, Mark, chapter 10, and we're going to begin looking at scripture at verse 41, Mark 10 and 41, and here the word of God reads, it says, and when the 10 heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. Today we're going to speak from the subject you want to be great? You want to be great? I know the verb do you should be there. It should be do you want to be great. But I'm simply asking you, you, you want to be great, really. Is that what you really want to achieve? Well, well, there's some things we can look at here that I believe is going to help us today. It's going to help us. In fact, Jesus had just spoken with James and John, the sons of Zebedee, sons of thunder. He had just spoken with them about their request to sit at his right and left hands when he enters into his glory. When he enters into his glory. It's about five or six verses just before our text today. And there, I want you to know that that as they were going through this and as they were saying this, they went to Jesus actually and they asked him if they could do this. But it's interesting because in Matthew, when he recounts this story, it was their mama that came. Their mama came and brought her boys and said, listen, Jesus, when you go into your glory, will you make sure they sit on your left and your right? And Jesus said to them in that version, that version, as he did right here in Mark, he says, listen, can you drink from the cup that I drink of? Can you be baptized with the baptism that I'm about to go through? Are you sure you can do this? And they looked at him and said, yes, Lord, of course we can. Absolutely. And he looked at them and said this. He said, listen, you of a truth. You will have to drink of your cup. Your cup. You guess what? Everybody has a cup they've got to bear, just like they have a cross they've got to bear. There's a cup that you have to bear and drink from. He said, but to give to you the seat to my right or my left is not mine to give. It is for it is whom what what it is prepared 
for. Oh, there's something that's prepared for you. Remember, he said, I go and do what? Prepare a place for you. There's some things that even what we do here in this earth realm prepares us for the very thing that we're going to promise we're going to receive. We're going to receive. There's certain things that have been prepared for us here. Jesus said, it's not for, I can't just give it to you. It's for whom it is prepared for. It's for whom he, it is prepared for. Notice something though. Jesus didn't rebuke them. He didn't rebuke them. He just explained the cost and the fact that it is whom it's prepared for. That's all he did. But he didn't rebuke them. He didn't rebuke them for that desire for something greater, for the desire to achieve greatness. He did not rebuke them. He simply wanted them to understand the cost. Who can build a house? Let's first he would counts the cost. He wanted them to understand the cost, the cost of what it was they were asking Jesus wanted them to understand that they had to drink of this cup, their cup that they had to drink from. So in other words, there is a sacrifice that you are going to have to make. There is a sacrifice that you're going to have to make. There's a sacrifice that you, that I, that we have to make to be able to fulfill this thing that God has placed before us, this promise, this assignment, this burden that he has on the inside of us, something that he's got to get out, something that has to be amplified. But there's a cost. There's a cost that we've got to be willing to pay. We've got to be willing to pay it. Listen, your sacrifice may not yield the same return as someone else's, but there is a price that we all have to to pay. There's a price that we all have to pay. I want you to type in chat right now, sacrifice. Type the word sacrifice. Those who are at home, say it, say it, sacrifice. Sacrifice. We've got to be willing to sacrifice. You've got to be willing to sacrifice. And this is what brings us to the first verse of our text today. Look with me back at verse 41. Here it says, and when the 10 heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John when they heard it, when they heard it here, the disciples were angry with James and John. They heard what they did, what they said, and they heard Jesus replying. They got angry with them. They got angry with them. The verse says that the other disciples, the other 10 were displeased with them displeased with them. In the Greek, the word displeased is translated from agonokteo. Agonokteo. That's the word in Greek. Agonokteo is for displeased, which means to be indignant, moved with indignation, moved with indignation. Now, this is very important because the word indignation means anger caused by something that is unfair or wrong. Anger caused by something that is unfair or wrong. Unfair or wrong. That, that is the way the disciples looked at what James and John had done. So this means that they were not angry because they thought they were being offensive to Jesus. Because after all, Jesus had just told them everything that he would have to suffer. Jesus said, listen, I am going to have to go and they're going to scourge me. They're going to scourge me. They're going to beat me. They're going to spit upon me. They're going to do all of these things. And after that, 
it won't end. They're then going to kill me. After they kill me, though, after three days, I'm going to come back. I'm going to arise from that manner. After three days, I'm getting up out of that tomb. But all the things that he had to go through, they didn't look and say, wait a minute. Did y'all hear Jesus say that he is going to have to be beaten? Did y'all hear they were, he said they're going to pluck the hairs, the hairs out of his beard? Did you hear him say that? Did you hear him say they're going to kill him? And you have the audacity to ask him that? That's not what they were saying at all. That's not their position at all. They weren't angry because of that. In fact, they didn't worry about the offense to Jesus, potentially. They were mad because they didn't think of it first. They were mad. They were mad because they didn't think about it first. That's why they were mad. They were mad like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me these young bucks going to come up in here? And I've been here all this time. I can see Peter now. I've been here all this time. I'm the elder statesman. I'm the one who knew I recognized Jesus was Jesus before all of y'all. So why in the world would they have the right to ask for that? That's not, that's not fair. That's not fair. They shouldn't get the chance. They should have waited and gave me first right of refusal. <laughs> This is how they were thinking. This was their mindset. So this means that the disciples were only angry because they wanted those positions for themselves. They wanted the positions for themselves. That was the only reason. And unfortunately, we still find that spirit and mindset in the church today. We still find it in the church today. But can we look and see how Jesus addressed it and dealt with it? Look with me back at verse 42. And in verse 42, it says, But Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And their great ones exercise authority upon them. That is what he said unto them. That's what he said. So here the first thing that Jesus did was that he called them to himself. That's the first thing he did. He called them to himself. Listen, here's a life lesson. Here's a life lesson. When we find someone who is in error, even in accusing or accusing them or, or, or blaming other folks, even if they're doing those things, don't just rebuke them. Don't just rebuke them or even worse, reject them. Don't rebuke them or reject them. Bring them closer to you. <laughs> Bring them closer to you. Notice Jesus said, but Jesus called them to him. And then said, he called him to them and then said he wanted them to be closer. He wanted them to be in a more intimate place where he could speak something to them. Remember, if they knew better, they would do better. If they knew better, they would do better. This is a wonderful opportunity to teach them a better way. It's a wonderful opportunity to teach, to teach them exactly what they should be doing the better way. We've got to look for the opportunity to use wisdom, to use our experience, to use our love and be able to teach them a better way to not just reject them, not just turn our back on them, but to show them there's a better way. There's a better way. And then notice this. Notice that Jesus first explained the leadership model that the Gentiles or the world use. 
or uses. Notice he explained that. He used the terms lordship and exercise authority. He said, listen, those that rule over, they have lordship over them. And then over them, those that are over them, they exercise authority. He showed them a tiered leadership that is exercised. So therefore, the one who is under this one, then they do everything they can to please this one. Everything they can to, to do to serve this one, to do what they want done, to make sure that they're happy. That is the model that they did. That's how they looked at leadership. That's how they did that. Notice he's using these terms of authoritarianism and absolute power to explain the leadership styles of the world, the leadership styles of the world. But now it gets interesting. Look at what Jesus says in verse 43 with me. Verse 43. But so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever of you shall, will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. Shall be servant of all. Here, Jesus specifically states that they should never use these styles or practice. Do you see that? He says they should never use these styles or practice practice. He said, but so shall it not be among you. He said, no, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do things that way. So in other words, this should not be allowed in the church. This shouldn't be in the church. This shouldn't be our, our, our model of, of, of development, how we mentor, how we disciple. That's, that's not how we're supposed to do it from a top-down top ideology. He said, no, that's not what you should do at all. If we strive for greatness, Jesus says, we should look to be the greatest servant. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for our regularly scheduled services at Tabernacle of Worship. You will also be able to get this entire message. Please feel free to visit our website at www.taboworship.org. That's www.taboworship.org for more information.